It's intro time. It's intro time. It's intro time. It's intro time. Interface. My name is Andrew Lilja, and with me this week are Chase Musel and Ian Fuchs getting the gang back together. This is great. Doing it old school, 2016 style. Aw, yeah. One year anniversary interface. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> uh, you forgot to come in. That's your problem. Okay, from the top, please. All right. Three. <laughs> Hello and welcome to. <laughs> so, so Ian, Fu- Ian Fuchs, I've heard that you are not allowed to work from home anymore. Your baby time has expired. Well, yeah. So, when when our daughter was born, I I was unofficially allowed to work from home one day a week, and then the other four so days, generous. Wow. the other well, the other four days I was using sick time. Okay, and, that sucks. Um, so for me, it was like, uh, I, I'll I'll take it. I didn't want to have to be in at work at all during yeah. that time, but I had things I needed to do. Um, we were in the middle of a big project. So for me, I was like, I need to be at least available some of the time. So I, I chose to do one day of work and they, they allowed me to work from home. Um, How magnanimous of them. So yeah, it was, I don't know. It was one of those things where, yeah, I got to work from home, but it wasn't like officially work from home. Um, whereas uh, like for CJ, the way she is set up to work, she actually gets to work from home two days a week, period. Yeah, in general. It's nice. Versus me when I can work from home basically whenever I want as long as I can attend meetings. Um, and would you would you guys agree with me that there's been sort of a growing movement towards um, necessarily allowing everybody to work from home, but at least for flexible working hours and uh, at, at locations? I feel – so first you have to sort of qualify it. I, I agree with you. But the qualification is that it's sort of within the IT field since we're all in IT. Um, this is a, talking with other friends. This is absolutely not true. Of do you think it has to do with the fact that you can do? I mean, as long as you have access to a computer and internet, and now that Wi-Fi and laptops are everywhere, you know, IT sort of lends itself very well to that sort of thing. You can't work from home if you work, you know, forging in a factory. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> if you're working with hot anvils and hammers all day. Sure, if you that is the best possible example. <laughs> if you are a master of malleable wear, oh good, it sounds like a bad IT pun. If you're a um, hammer boy, there it is. So if you're from Mario, a bad guy. Um, <laughs> we don't know if they're bad. We don't really know their story. Um, yeah, it's uh, pre- presumably presumably hey, anybody who has understood. Okay, let's we can we can cut the last two minutes and say, hey, if you do something that requires you to be there, you don't you don't have the option to work from home. So yeah, I think right. it's a is a is a nice fit. I would say there's probably plenty of other jobs like we have we all have friends who do like a more traditional sort of industrial setting job where you need to be there. But we also have friends like I have friends who are HR people, and I would imagine something like that you could be you know you could have more, have more flexible work hours as well. It's the information. Not information technology, but like information and, and um, I guess those information sector jobs that don't require you to actually produce something like that. You know, like it's just sort of stuff you, you I don't know how to describe you do it. Your job, if you do your job on the computer, right, you can right. probably get be a little more flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. If you're a real clever kid like like Ian and 
you've set up lots of things from you can do lots of things remotely even though you are the IT person yourself then uh, you have a mm-hmm. little even more control mm-hmm. well yeah so that's th- there are always like you know ways around things and and like for me like, I, I can physically do everything from work or from home excuse me um, and I I have a computer at home that I can use I have access to all of our stuff here when I'm there I can not only just connect to our network, but I can also get onto all of our, um, all of our like network drives and everything, but I can also get onto our servers and whatever. So like I have the ability to do that, but then it becomes a corporate thing of, I can't, or a company wide thing where I can't do that because it's just not our practice. Mm -hmm. Is, is being able to work from home a good thing? Um, I let's, think let's answer. Sorry, let's answer ourselves. Like yeah, yeah, uh, right, and then we can see what sort of what the what the larger body of information tells us. Yeah. So I, for for me personally, I I find that working from home, I'm far more productive. Like, mm. granted, having a baby at home has made it that a little different. Um, <laughs> but when I have the ability to sit down and work when I'm at home, I can work, 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 and. I don't get distracted by the phone ringing and the email and all of that stuff because I, because I can, I can just close down everything except for what I'm working on at the time and do work. Um, Mm -hmm. I find like, uh, as a a side thing, I write reviews and do product reviews and stuff like that of, of technology stuff. And I do all that stuff at home and it's like, I can sit down at the counter and I can just go. Yeah. But when I'm at work, there's all these other distractions, people walking by, sounds, doors, phones ringing, whatever, that all just like pull at your attention string. So for me, I feel like I'm more productive at home, but I feel like time-wise, I probably don't put in as many hours, you know, mm-hmm. in air quotes, as as I yeah. do when I'm at work. You know, I'm, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm at the, if I'm at the office, I'm there for eight hours or nine hours a day or whatever it is. When I'm at home working, I may only actually like buckle down and work for four or five hours, but I think I'm more productive in those five hours than I am at nine. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think you're alone in that at all. Um, so I can, I'll briefly talk about so my scenario. Um, as I do a lot of my, a lot of my work does require me to talk with people. And so while I can get away with being online for most of my stuff, because like we've got a, you know, you, you can use whatever your, you know, messaging system or whatever that platform happens to be like. Um, so I can Skype with my like teammates or whatever, and we can talk, but you know, as everyone knows, a lot of times it's just easier to talk with someone as opposed to chatting. Right. So like, I, I really am not, I prefer not to I am if I don't if I don't have to I'd rather hop on a phone call briefly to do this type of thing but I'm lucky that I I definitely can talk with my teammates and um in particular my job allows me to be pretty flexible right so this is getting not that I like I don't work from home but if there's days that I need to work from home if there's a doctor's appointment going on in the middle of the day or if I'm or like even if I'm sick or whatever and I don't really really want to take sick like I could still work but I just don't want to I don't I shouldn't be around people physically I can, you know, get away with working from home. Isn't that your daily vibe? It shouldn't be around people physically. That's, I mean, I don't like to, I don't like to force people into, uh, you know, buckets, if you will. But yeah, I'm a no people bucket filler. Um, that, <laughs> God, that doesn't make any sense. 
<laughs> Sorry, my daughter sounds like something that thinking. Buffalo Bill would say. <laughs> my, it's uh, my daughter's going through a thing in preschool where they were talking about being bucket fillers and helping people out, not bucket dippers. Anyway, um, so I've, I've just got bucket fillers on the mind. Be a bucket filler, Andrew. Quit dipping from my bucket. Um, <laughs> I'm a big anyway. bucket filler. It's true. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to become more of a about- bucket scooper, but you you look like a dipper. <laughs> That would make sense, though, because Taylor looks like a Mabel. So, anyway, um, <laughs> deep tracks. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm able to flexibly work, but I don't work from home, right? And I think that's what seems to be more common today. Um, like, it, so you know, with a caveat, within a job that you can work from home, is but it's more specifically sort of within like IT world that's becoming more of the norm, where you get flexible work hours. And so um, not only does this mean that you can work from home part of the day, it also means that you can start your day at 11 a.m. and work until 7. Like that seems to be something that I see that's pretty typical. Like someone might not physically be in until noon or something. But like I know that, A, either they were working that morning. They Like I probably saw them online I, or I just assume they're working or whatever, right? You get, get your stuff done. Or B, they might be working later that night. Like I'll see somebody on at 8 o'clock or whatever. So um, th- this is... For, so for me, it's a nice flexibility component, but it's not a. I don't like work. I can't work exclusively from home because eventually you'll burn through the remote backlog if it were if it will right. So like I can get a lot of report writing done at home and I can be really productive, um, or I can get a lot of like sort of background reading done. But eventually that backlog burns out and I need to go meet with people to sort of fill that backlog again. So and I'm never like I don't think of it in that way. If that makes sense, it's not like I need to go meet with people to solicit work and then I build up my workload and then can sit at home and do it. But there's stuff. Yeah, I retreat my snail ship. But there's there's stuff that definitely lends itself to being remote friendly. I think a lot of remote work sort of and working from home it accomplishes this idea of so one of the things I take issue with is the idea that you have to be in an office for eight hours, even if you don't have eight hours of work to do that day. It's just mm-hmm. like you're a seat filler. You just have to be physically present because that's that's a shitty company culture to have to work in. Yeah. This movement towards remote work seems to imply that there's a trust between you and the company that even if you don't necessarily work eight hours, you will get the work done and at the right yeah. level of quality. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a positive thing because uh, like, like I said, there's no reason for you to just be in an office if you're not doing anything, right? There's this sort of this this concept that um, you should be in the office because, when, especially with open floor plans, you like run into each other and then you talk to each other and then that's where good ideas happen. And mm-hmm. maybe it's just the client that I'm working for right now, but I have never, ever, ever, ever had that happen to me. Oh, that's um, so sad. Well, I, it's complicated because there's I, – I would argue that the company I'm working for currently is highly dysfunctional, but um, it, it's also – we work in a really regulated industry and so that's anything – you can't just have an off-the-cuff idea and then go implement that and turn it into a product because the amount of yeah. infrastructure and investment required to make it happen is so enormous. Mm-hmm. So here's a like, like a more like a qualifying question: Do you find that you are in? I, I mean, I know the answer to this for you, but like, you're not working in an area where the open floor plan necessarily benefits you either because you're not working. You're more of an embedded researcher, right? In this case, for this for your particular job, right? Like you are somebody who has a job to to complete, right? And you're mm-hmm. situated within the team that you're working on it, sort of for, mm-hmm. not necessarily with. And then other people who would be your peers are not in your open floor plan, so to speak, right? They so would- people who are who do my same job but for different projects are we have, we're split into bays in this open floor plan, mm-hmm. and they're in my bay. I don't actually sit with my team. I sit with the other people who have my same job title, but on different teams. 
Oh, so that you sh- so ostensibly you should get that benefit then. But all we wind up complaining about how nobody listens to our <laughs> listens to us and how nothing ever gets done the way it's supposed to get done. Oh, okay, interesting. So I, it might be it would be more useful if we were grouped by team. Honestly, if I could sit oh, next to my software embedded. developer and my UX designer, that would be much more useful because that way they could stop making bad decisions without having HFE input. Because the way it works now is we they'll do stuff. Oh, human factors engineering. Uh, they'll come. They'll do a thing. They'll show it off, and then HFE will say, "Okay, this looks fine, but here are the changes you need to make because people with movement disorders can't press buttons that size, right?" Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be much better if they could just like th- come over to me and say, "Like, does this is this going to work?" Because I'm sitting in the desk right next to them. Oh, okay. So you you advocate for this is a slightly different discussion of either being embedded or yeah, yeah. centralized with other peers. But so I work with peers. I'm not. I'm similar to you, sort of in theory, because people who are working on my peers are sitting right next to me in an open floor plane but i find that ours is way more spontaneous and foster that community so like i can turn to my neighbor and i could say hey ian this is a problem i'm trying to answer like how would you go about doing this this is what i'm thinking and that happens all the time so the benefit of being in and why i like being in is that exact reason it can it does potentially kill your efficiency to your point ian Mm -hmm. um but it does foster a lot more like sort of creative thinking and you know, sh- sort of sharing knowledge. And that's not, it's not like a pipe dream. That actually is what happens. So it's funny. So I ask those questions, but nobody else does. I'm the only one who really does that in, in our bay. Hmm. Sounds like you should consider another company. Well, I mean, yeah. So <laughs> I, that's why sorry, I'm not really question contract with because, them. Right. Yeah. yeah sorry. Okay. And then. Ian, do you find that you get like with your efficiency question? So if you actually, you're in your seat for eight hours or whatever, do you, like, do you have a preference? Do you like, do you get more out of it? Like being able to talk to your neighbors? Cause so again, I know that you do a lot of heavy lifting in your job because you are the one who sort of is sitting behind the, you know, the master controls. So I would guess that other people get more out of you being here than you get out of being there. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it's, I enjoy, I enjoy being at work and I enjoy being in an office and having people around. Like, I definitely like that. I like the ability to have those five minute breaks where I just get up and like get away from my desk for a minute and like go get a, you know, refill my coffee and say hi to somebody or ask how their day was or how something's going, whatever. Like I like those little moments, but I also don't like the, I don't know, feeling like I'm beholden to give someone my attention when they want it. Oh yeah. And so I think that's, that's my big trade off. It's like when I feel like I need to buckle down and actually do something and do some work, and instead somebody has a question about, you know, how does this form need to work or where does this need to go or what needs to happen here or how did, what, where do I go to do this thing or whatever it is, or why is this doing this? Like those things, it's like an invitation to now take me away from what I'm doing. And I know that when I'm at work, that the likelihood of getting one of those and feeling compelled to work on it right now in the moment is higher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that when I'm at home, I don't have the that that additional, you know, distraction or whatever, to yeah, let me to 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 pull me. And like again, if if I get a phone call or a text or an email when I'm at home, I feel less less sense of urgency than when somebody's standing there in front of me. And we've talked about this before that that when somebody's standing there and they want your attention, that you feel compelled to give them at least some portion of your attention. Yeah. And and so the ability to do remote work and and to be at home at least part of the time I think really enables you to if you can if you can be the type of person who can do that and the type of person who can do that then 
it works better. I hate going into an office for that reason and others. Something about it, just be, especially with an open floor plan, keeps me on edge all the time. Where I, I don't know if it's like the threat of being interrupted or if it's just people like looking over my shoulder and stuff. But like, mm. I just hate being in an office like that. I'd much rather be able to like work from home where I can lie on my couch and do, you know, get in whatever position or location, whatever I have to do just to be comfortable and get the work done, as opposed to having to feel like there's all these people around me just like, I don't know. I, it just it makes my skin crawl. Hmm, that's interesting. I feel like that could be, there's a lot of personal preference that comes into this stuff, right? Like I, I have a friend who they're moving to an open floor plan. And so he claims that he's just going to wear a VR headset and code from the top of Mount Everest every day because he doesn't want to see any people. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But then you have someone like me who's like, I, I much prefer the open floor plan and being able to sort of mentally draw a line between like if you need to say hi to every person that walks by it's you're not going to get anything done right um yeah but if you can sort of draw that line and you and you you know you understand what the rules are of that of that workspace it gets a lot better so like for us like the simple well, sign is if you have your headphones on it's like don't bug me unless you need to so it seems to me that you get a lot of more value out of your coworkers than i do that and that's that also does. yeah yeah that's a thing too for sure um, um and real, so real I quick. wonder. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I was going to say. I wonder if just improving the quality of coworkers would make it more <laughs> useful to go to an office. So, so I've <laughs> I've thought this before, and I, I will I will say I agree with you on the open floor plan thing. I I like as much as I like the idea of open floor plan, and I think it looks nice because it like it it gives the vibe of being like a we all collaborate and work together. I totally hate like housing, right? I hate when when somebody is like even in front of my desk on the other side of my screen just for a second. And I'm like, are you like yeah, I have Twitter open or yeah, I have Slack open. Go away. Like I'm I'm still working. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, I looked at Facebook for 2 minutes. Come on, get off my case. Right. Like I wonder too how much of this is a cult- company culture sort of thing too or a workplace culture. A lot of that. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about it. And, like, the people I hang out with outside of work, who like who I know through work, are, aren't intelligent people. And I just feel like there's this sort of I, – I don't know what it is, but something changes once we get into the building. Huh, that's interesting. You're talking about the same people that you have this perception of outside of work, and then you go into work, and it's like yeah. a light switch or something. Not necessarily a light switch, but it's a different huh. – Yeah, and I don't know what it is. That's interesting. Um. Here, real quick, just so we've been talking a lot of, a lot of anecdotal things. From There's a survey from about 4,000 people who are in IT, and they rattle off the the benefits. They're you know, sort of one of these, like, select the top whatever questions. And the top of the list is for people why they would prefer um, working from home. Our work-life, work-home balance is number one, which you can, that mm-hmm. totally makes sense, right? You can stop what you're mm-hmm. doing and take your kid to day school to to school in the middle of the day, right? Or then go run errands if you need to. Um, save gas, sure. Avoid traffic. So yeah, commuting things. But then you get into the ones that we've all mentioned, that especially Ian, you know, they rattle off that more productive, less distractions, quieter atmosphere, less stressful environment, right? Like, and there's the other things. So it's effectively like a family benefit and it looks like it heavily benefits um, people who have families for that flexibility component. And then there's sort of the focus, less, dis- you know, more distraction-free environment, other half mm-hmm. of it. I just hate people the, too. So the less time I have to interact with them, the better. I lo- I love that your job is improving <sighs> things for the for that group that you love so much. The only thing I hate more than a person is a computer. 
Andrew Lilja, uh, you seem qualified on paper. Can you tell us why you're passionate about helping people? Well, first. I hate people so much. And the only thing worse than a person is a person using a computer. <laughs> so, so what, what is the, I, like, we're, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of like personal takes on like our opinions of working from home and how we feel working from home works. Um, how does this, on a larger scale, how does this play out in in the future for for anybody that's in a position that can be done from home? You know, I, uh, an article that I had kind of shared with you guys was was the article itself was about how online shopping is killing the shopping mall, and that you see these malls that are now just vacant spaces because people can do all of their shopping online and they don't need to go to the physical mall. Um, now you pair that with the same idea that's happening in workspaces where more and more companies will let you work from home and like, you only need to go on site for a day or two, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of, God, some of CJ's so coworkers work from home and like once a month for like, for like three or four days a month, they fly in and actually have to go do all like the important stuff on site at the main, you know, company headquarters. But the rest of the time they're working from their home office Mm-hmm. Like as this becomes more and more more popular, are we going to see zombie office buildings like we see yeah. zombie malls now <laughs> or zombie strip malls? Yeah. I can actually talk about that from from my personal experience again, if you don't mind, please. Um, so the company that I work for, Gamal Research and Design, an excellent design consultancy that can help you solve all the user experience problems you have with your product. We do everything from the design to the implementation to the execution. We're happy to work for you. www.gamalresearchanddesign.com. Gamaldesign.com. Um, but uh, Link in the so <laughs> we started or as a like a, a very on this is 16 years ago, so a very or longer than that, 20 years ago. So a very on-site place where we would come to the office and do the work and go out to the sites to do the research, come back and everything like that. And time has gone on, very few people show up to the office. So like not even the people who founded the company anymore even show up to the office every day. It's a place they have, but they don't really need to go to. So it's still just today, 2017, there is an office. Yes, it, it's still there. But, I mean, I think half of the company doesn't even live in the same city as the office. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, would it, like, I don't – there's not a whole lot of need for us to even go in there and do stuff because we can get all the work done we need to do remotely. Right. And I think this is really great for, like, small – for, like, startups, right? Like, if you have three people, there's no reason for you to go rent an office because you can get all the work done you need to remotely. There's a lot of indie game studios that do that where people, you know, they're in Brazil, they're in England, they're in California, and they all work together in the same game because they can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it takes that, that whole mindset of actually committing to being in a, what do you want, like a remote workspace or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a, sh- that's a mental shift, right? Like we, like we're talking about having flexible work schedules effectively, right? Like, and just tempering our time at work versus mm-hmm. working from home when it's beneficial to both us and our you know current employment. Mm-hmm. But that's not the same as like, all right, guys, we're going to build a thing and we've got employees around, like our, your coworkers are all around the world. Like that's a different mindset you have to get into and you get start getting the issues. Like even we're only a couple hours different and, um, you know, time zones becomes something that I like a much bigger hassle than I had ever previously considered. <laughs> yes. So I can only I, imagine what that's like for people around the world. I think you have to go into it with the expectation that it's going to be asynchronous, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You can get, you can have synchronous times right. together if you need to. 
But, uh, you know, that requires a little more coordination. But in general, like, really, how much of our jobs actually, I mean, it's different for Chase and I, but for, like, in general, day-to-day work with the people in the company, how much of our job actually requires synchronous work? Right. So so you're, you're basically saying the it really comes down to the way you communicate with your coworkers or or work on a project as a group that you, you're just wanting to, you, the remote work means you have to accept that your work is going to be done each person doing their individual thing and occasionally reporting back their status over Slack or email or whatever it is. Right. Versus right. finding a time like, you know, uh, 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. and all of us sitting down and having a conversation at the same time, which is actually our work. Yeah. And I think in a lot of cases, meetings would actually be better if we did them over Slack instead of having to all be in the same room together. Yeah. I mean, like, so we're, just to play devil's advocate everything that we've talked about has sort of been like the more well executed like better you know better scenario versions of all these but there's a there's a line that so easily crosses all this too right like conversations in slack are a good place to get Don't stuff done cross the line <laughs> right but that can quickly devolve into like just a bs chat room right or whatever like and right, and you're like way off topic, and you're down the rabbit hole. You guys both mentioned like, like, hey, you know, when you said like, hey, I can check Facebook or have Twitter open, like, leave me alone, right? So I know that I personally am one of these people that am susceptible to like, like, Facebook get like it, their psychology works on me, right? Like, I want to keep scrolling, even though I like, like you have when you have the thought like, sort of existentially, like I should quit scrolling. There's nothing that I'm, I have no goal right now. But you're like, I'll just see what the next thing that pops up is, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little, maybe a little like lottery mentality or whatever that whatever dopamine rush you get from finding something that's interesting, engaging with it. So for me, like, I don't, I can't check that stuff. I mean, I. There's times where you can, you can be like, I'll just check it quick. But in general, I try not to open it. So it's like also for me, it's nice to get home or whatever and have like a dozen Facebook notifications at the end of the day as opposed to checking it periodically or whatever. But like it's better for me to just turn that stuff off and just work right or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can and I've seen where people like spend wait. Like if you look over and someone's like on Amazon shopping and in a meeting and it's like 30 minutes later in the same meeting and they're still shopping on Amazon or whatever. I think that's meetings are a little loaded because they may or may not have something to contribute. But like that happens. It's like a it's a slippery slope is all I'm saying. So, yeah, but I would say in that case, the meeting has been implemented like either that meeting shouldn't have happened or that person should have been invited. And assuming they're a yeah, good sorry, person, the right? meeting is not necessarily. Yeah, it, it, but it happens even like you can see that happening like in other non-meeting scenarios where people are like, are you still are you still looking at that video game review or whatever? Right, like yeah, right. So, I was so, doing that in a meeting this morning because I had to be there in case something came up for me. But like I like there was no reason for me to be there because that thing never came up. And oftentimes I'll be invited to meetings where I know my only purpose is to say like two lines of information at the thirty seconds that is required. And but I still have to be at this mm-hmm. three-hour meeting. And for I, it. I was in a meeting like that. Uh, it was a phone call, but it was. It was like the issue yeah. where I was on the phone and two other users were doing their troubleshooting with an outside company. And I was basically just there to, if they had a question, ask me. And so at one point he asked, Ian, did you do this when you set things up? And I said, yes. And that was the only time I spoke on the entire <laughs> call. See, and mm-hmm. it's things like this that to me, I think working from home and doing things over Slack and that sort of thing requires more intentionality about the meetings yeah. and the time that you spend because you actually have to think about like, is this going to be worth my time? And 
if it's not, but you still think someone might be, it might be useful for them to be there. It takes a lot less effort on their part and a lot less of their time and mental focus to be there, right? Because you can just sort of be checking into this like chat room and if somebody pings you, you can say, oh, yep, there's a thing and go back to what you were working on. So I, versus now, there's a sort of idea that like, just, just bring them to the meeting. It'll be fine. Whatever. We just need to have them there just in case. So the, yeah. the, the question that brings up for me is, does this require more effective communication skills out of people oh my God. in, in yes. a text version? Because like, like I think of some of the meetings that I attend and you know, people in those meetings will go on a tangent because they're trying to explain a thing mm-hmm. and then they get lost on Sorry. the tangent. And so, no, I'm talking way worse <laughs> than that, Chase. Um, <laughs> we're, ta- like, we're talking like a rabbit hole inside of a rabbit hole that has been incepted inside of a rabbit hole. <laughs> like we're, we're way gone now. Just yeah. to get to a point over here and, and just trying to imagine that same thing, but in text, oh, like yeah. it's, it's like the infinite wormhole that you never get to the end of. And then eventually mm-hmm. somebody just has to go, please call me or Skype or whatever to clear this up because I have no idea what you're talking about or, or provide a screenshot, whatever, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever thing you can do to help get me there. Yeah. But, IT over tech or tech seems bad. And, and so I think, I think in some positions it's like that, but, uh, like for, again, CJ is a, a good example of this because she does a lot of their stuff remotely. And even the stuff when they're in office, they still act very much like everyone is remote. Yeah. Yes. Like yep. they, they still use, they, they use uh, Skype for theirs instead of Slack, but, mm-hmm. um, they have their little conversations. They have their group chat things. Mm-hmm. They have all their project management system. So if somebody has a question about something or needs clarity on something, instead of getting up and walking, you know, the 30 feet to their desk, they'll just, and I hate that I'm going to say this, they'll ping them on Skype <laughs> and, <laughs> and just real quick say, you know, did you get this or do you have this available for me? Or can you send me a copy of this? Keeping yeah. me on Skype, we need to do a knowledge transfer so we can align in the new TPS reports. That's right. And then we'll, we'll put it in the parking lot and we'll circle back to it later with our synergy. Can we take this offline? <laughs> Gosh. So ASL. We, uh, oh is, that, is that how you spend your time? Just, you, you get a lot of ASL requests? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. The, so... I think it depends on what the what the ask is, right? Like if it's something like, "Hey, when you have a second, take a look at this." That is a nice that that it seems conducive to pinging somebody on Skype or Slack or whatever. Right? Like right. here's a message: you have the notification. I assume you'll deal with it when you can deal with it. Like that's sort but, of it's like the polite way of saying it. Versus if I have something I need like asked or whatever, I don't have any problems. And generally, I I err on the side of interruption. So I'll walk and be like, "Hey, real quick, I have this question." Yeah. I, well, I also think it's, like I said, not only do you have to be much more uh, aware of how you're communicating and your communication abilities, but I also think it the the formality of the communication, I think, is a, is a big difference here. Um, when it's an in-person meeting or something like that, you don't have to, you don't have to be like super formal, like, chase comma you know whatever like write like an email can you check this out when you have a moment and then send me any feedback you have and da, 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 da. like it, it, it's much more for, informal if you're in a face-to-face meeting and the the text equivalent the skype chat the slack chat is more akin to that where like real quick i can just be like you know at chase check this out when you get a minute or at andrew websites down again and that never happens no definitely not <laughs> Um, but like I said, so, so you, stuff like that, like definitely, uh, 
makes a difference in, in how those communications happen. But I, geez, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> um, but I, I think the, the, the bigger issue becomes that, that people, it feels like there's an age barrier or maybe it's an understanding barrier or maybe it's just a, a, a familiarity barrier Yeah. that, that when you ask somebody to do like the async chat based or text based collaboration, people just don't understand. We're using Basecamp for a project right now. And outside of me and maybe like one other person within our institution, like, everyone else seems kind of clueless as to like what to do. They're like, Oh, they posted a thing in Basecamp. We'll ask them about that on our next phone call. And it's like, no, it's just actually a problem with the people. It, well, I, and I, like I said, I understand it's, I, I, that is definitely a, a personal, like they're, they're not familiar with working in that way. So it's hard for them, but we might've narrowed down the problem here. Actually. Like, I don't think that, that the problem is people. Right. And so like, if you have good people around you, meetings work well. And if you don't, then you can at least sort of take a step back from them and go on Slack. Andrew's solution to the world. Uh, find better people because right, right, everyone's I, terrible and they all suck. So, so, but, so people, these ones are bad. So this is, <laughs> this is where I, this goes back to the question I asked, you know, like 37 minutes ago or something. Um, where is the future of this? And I think the future yeah. of this is remote work becomes more and more popular as I'm the sure people are more accustomed to working in a digital sense and, and not just accustomed to, but they've grown up communicating yeah. Yeah. digitally and through text. That's the key. Whether like it's, it's not so much the people instant message or email. As much as the majority becomes young people who've grown up expressing themselves through text yeah. for a long time. Right. We're, yeah. This is way closer to our language and we will continue to see people improve on it, right? Because like, so it, it, I've been doing a lot of thinking about accessibility. Um, not that I'm particularly working on it, but I feel like it's a very interesting topic and watching a lot of accessibility issues. Uh, and how do we help cover some of these in technology, right? And the thing that this makes me think of is uh, I was watching, I was watching a, a video of a. So hold on, hold on for a second. Um, a a guild that's an entirely deaf guild. There you go. You guys are ready. Um, a lamb. It's a wild ride within World of Warcraft, and they do all me. their communication via text, right? So they're playing. So there's a huge group of people coordinating their efforts. So like we're talking about 25 people coordinating strictly via text where most people use some type of voice chat to do this type of stuff, right? So you can talk and play at the same time. And watching this even be possible to do these very complicated um, complicated procedures via text while acting simultaneously with the same input tools, I think that's really impressive, right? And so like if you can consider that, that you are communicating effectively while also performing an activity which requires the same input that's super impressive and there's and we are in an age like where we're growing up like we had aim and msn in middle school right like we are the first people who had that be part of our communication paradigm and text messaging right like between iming and text messaging we have a baseline for communication that's considered part of like our communication vernacular. Like there's a tool in our toolbox that people before us didn't have, and so it will continue to get as people continue to iterate on this and be and communicate in different ways. It's only going to get better for them. So I think as the the people to your point, Andrew, as the people shift, right, as this becomes yes. a better communication paradigm, the remote work will continue to improve.
but I, I agree. Think, are we, we going to have a lot of like zombie malls? I, yeah, we already do in zombie workplaces. I think we're just going to see less like centralized workplaces. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. I, it's going to be less centralized, and I think that's going to lead to a wider diversity in the kind of person who can work. Mm-hmm. Right, like because mm-hmm. I think I think a lot about like autistic people, right? Who you know, social skills are not, or people yes. just not great social skills. And now suddenly, if your primary method of converse, of conversation is text, like that's really great because that means that you can feel much more comfortable expressing yourself without having to deal with all the complicated and confusing social situations. Well, and you also you yeah. also have the you know think of how many input methods there are. I know this is Andrew's favorite topic: input methods. How many input methods yes. there are potentially for text based things? Like you have your traditional keyboard, you have T9 if you're into that, but there's also (laughs) all of like the actual accessibility things where they can like, you know, touch a single button or set of buttons to create words and create sentences and, and things like that. Whereas if you, if you can't speak in full, complete, understandable sentences, it becomes harder for everyone else and so mm-hmm. every, everyone else has to personally make an accommodation for somebody with a speech difficulty. Whereas if there is a way to enter text, a uh, text-based work system actually mm-hmm. is more beneficial for the entire group, especially if like you, you, your, your example of autistic is, or autistic kids is, is great. Like that's, that's an area where they have a hard time communicating through spoken word. Yeah, and there's, but this is well. But there's a multitude right? of ways you can communicate through text-based systems, whether it's you know super simple like just giving them a keyboard, or even the super complicated like the Christopher Reeves eye tracking thing that allowed him to like talk yeah. while looking at different words on a screen mm-hmm. or letters on a screen and like create sentences. Like that's if, yeah. if you have somebody who's super brilliant at a thing, but they can't communicate. Now they can be in the workflows in the workforce much more easily because they can work remotely through a text-based system. And even better, they don't even have to live in your country because all they have to have is an internet connection. Yeah. That's and that like the sourcing talent, like that's a huge, that's a whole nother conversation with sourcing talent outside the traditional talent pool. It's a huge, huge benefit. Um, But yeah, and just, just to sort of back up what you said, there is good evidence that's emerging from, um, you know, because it's all brand new, right? Like having the potential to do this, these types of having these types of communication platforms is all relatively new. But the stuff that's coming out supports exactly what you just said. And like, it, there's a surprising amount of goodwill in the world with for people who have some type of disability. Many of them are invisible, right? Like you would normally like under, even understand that somebody may have a disability. Um, but these those people. Um, excel in these types of settings and so there's lots of these anecdotal stories especially with online video games where they sort of it's a more even playing field sure it's still not Uh, total but you know it is more even i also and kind of like a a final thought on the ability to work remotely um you know talking about zombie malls talking about zombie office parks is this a way that um small town america gets revitalized I wondered that because but, like for me, if I could do live where you want, if I could do yeah, 99.9% right. of my work from home and I only had to come in, even if it was, you know, three days a month, yeah. I could move 10 hours away, 20 hours away. I could move to Seattle. 
mm-hmm. and hop on a plane when I need to come in. It's not like there's a shortage of airplanes coming into Chicago. Like, right. <laughs> so I could, I could find a plane and, and, and take a flight in once a month or whatever it was. But even more so, I could go to rural Iowa where I can live for a fifth the cost of what it is here. I, I, I would wager it's a fifth the well, cost. You show me that math. But half well, least. okay, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking specifically house prices. In, in this instance, because of our, our anyway, pre-show stuff, I, I'll yeah, find you a good one. Okay. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> but uh, somewhere where I can live at least significantly yeah, less expensive. Well. For sure. But I can do all the same work and make the same money. So then it's like it, it also helps, I think, or would help potentially normalize salaries across the country. Yeah. I, so I'll give like two brief examples of this. Like the antiquated example is my mom works for the post office, right? She works for USPS. And they have federal... Uh, salary rates because they have to be the same across and people who that's why the post office is a great gig in a small town and it's kind of a less it's a less great gig in the city right where or places where things cost more um, versus I have a friend who just graduated from our program and she took a job as something very similar to Andrew where she's a consultant for a UX firm and the firm that she works for is based out of San Francisco right so her salary is based on that like closer to that I don't know you know but she gets to live in rural Iowa and she goes there for a few days a month exactly what we described so she'll go out for like I think it's a week a lot but like you know something you know three four five days a month and she gets to live at home and be at home most of the time so if you can swing that type of lifestyle then I think that that might be something that we're going to see a lot more of in the future right but, and, and for her, she's making what seems like huge money for small town Iowa because right. the cost of living in a rural town is so much lower. So like I said, it's I think probably easily 30% more. Yeah. I, I think that, that the more companies that are willing to embrace remote work, mm-hmm. the more beneficial that is to the country as a whole and small towns, especially. Yeah, I think you're right. I, yeah, I can imagine, like, honestly, I can imagine, um, let's say the three of us lived in the middle of rural Nebraska. Oh, God. And we right, didn't live with my grandparents. We, oh, so sweet. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and we could, well, we say we all live there, right? We could have, you know, we have our houses and then we build like a separate little like place to work. So we don't necessarily have to work from home, but like we could work across the street in like a cheap little you know, office for us. Right. And it, we it was actually the old Hallmark that closed because yeah, everybody exactly started shopping online. Dying. So, so we just solved it, Ian. Zombie malls will now just be, they will be reinvigorated with life with remote workers. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like a commuter hub, right? Like you'll park your car and then the bus takes you. Here you just go park your car at the local mall and everybody right. has a like work next to you right. who are also working remotely. Uh, like, it's like a Right. It's like, I said, like, it sounds like I, I take the no, old hot topic. Chase Place gets, it. Chase Oof. gets the buckle. Andrew gets the Dick sporting goods because he thinks he needs the extra space. Because and, uh, kids. and uh, right across, right across from the Dick sporting goods is the orange Julius, which refuses to close. And that doesn't close. <laughs> yeah. Pretzel maker and the orange Julius. Right. That's, I think you're, I think you're onto something. And on that bombshell, <laughs> you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 51. Uh, while you're there, make sure you subscribe to the show. Find the links to all, all the links to our social things. And as always, we'll be back next Monday and every Monday, unless it's our anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> like hockey. 
real, real quick, I have to add this. I can't believe I forgot to talk about this with our stupid episode topic. Um, they're uh, a company named so Workiva. I don't know. I'm sure, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Andrew, but they are big at having remote like satellite offices. And um, it is this is actually pretty good. You may you may consider cutting a piece of this in. Uh, <laughs> trust me, I'm, it's that good. No, but it's it's relevant. <laughs> Aubrey, Aubrey really is enjoying you again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow they have um they have like let's say i think five big locations big like you know where it's you know a double digit employees at least but you know a few that are a couple hundred um and then their main one which is like in the hundreds maybe approaching a thousand and <clears throat> um the boss is present at every office because they have a dedicated physical space for them and they are always just passively joined into a google hangout that's attached from all of those locations. So if you want to go talk to the boss, you walk up to their desk and talk to them because they are very likely at their desk. And then there's just like and a so, camera set up above their desk and that there. points exactly. at you, whoever walks exactly. in. That's exactly right. Yep. So you just, they're in this open hangout, Google, like literally an open Google hangout, and you can walk up and talk with them. So the boss is just present, and they have that for a few positions. And then the other thing they do that's really good with remote work and keep people, and this is less about remote work and flexibility in this aspect, and it's more about like um, how to keep company culture cohesive across multiple work sites, because part of going to the office and seeing people is culture. Um, they have like, uh, they've got like boards, you know, they're just like big, you know, TVs that are displaying like shared information across different sites. So you can see what's for lunch in Denver, or you can see like what people are writing on the wall, like in Montana or whatever, like that type of thing. So it's like helps build rapport across sites and allows you to have the same access to people across sites. So anyway, an interesting sort of like, you know, potential future there. Sure. And their places where their offices are are way cheap because they just build in college towns that are, you know, rural. So Iowa State. Uh, Montana State, Denver, right? So that anyway. that's that's a whole like the whole presence thing within the remote working it is. thing, and like how do you how do you maintain a sense of presence when you don't work with or like around everybody we, else? How do we have inside jokes and build culture and have Fuck. have meaningful relationships when you don't sit next to each other? And like one of the one of the solutions they have is like every year they they would fly every employee in the company to Ames and they had like a big party weekend. No work, right? But it was just like all about building those bonds and inside jokes and that report. Oh my God. 